0: And that's when I said, talk about a dark night. (laughs) I know, I know, it's overdone, but it just feels so good!
1: Where where are you guys going?
0: Well, at least I got a gift this year. A mixtape of Heath Ledger's breathing? Isolated from the vlog scenes? This is incredible. I'm so happy I could... Oh no. That's the emergency podcast siren.
2: The emergency podcast beacon is now active.
0: word. The emergency podcast beacon is now active. I know what I've got to do. coping well living in a post cat's world. Uh
2: well, you know, before I answer that, uh, I just want to make one quick correction. Um you called me Andrew and that is one of my names. You know, when I'm out in the normie world, you know, day to day, that's what I am referred to as, but uh as you well know, we posters, we have 3 names and we're among <laughs> posters here so i would appreciate it if you would call me by my true name which is the right honorable cumperdink <laughs> so
0: um the right honorable cumperdink um what is your power every cat has a power
2: um it's true every cat has a power and about half of the cats their power is that they're just rude. They <laughs> are just impolite to other people around them and I fall into that cat camp. I'm I'm one of the rude cats. I You know i'm always walking along desks and tables knocking over (laughs) candlesticks and pencil cups things of that nature i'm on the lower end of the rudeness scale you know i'm not uh, committing felonies like certain cats we can uh, (laughs) talk about but uh you know i'm on the lower end of the rudeness scale i would say Um, so I've been thinking, uh, it's been
0: hard pinning down my cat persona, because I wanted to be Oingo Boingo so bad, but then, um, I was reading online that that has racial undertones, so I can't be Oingo Boingo. Uh,
2: I, I don't think that's totally stopping you in this universe, but uh, go <laughs> on. Or right, it'll be Oingo Boingo then. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the, the
0: cat that was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> so um i think we should just get into it uh i've only done one other discussion um and it was escape from new york and it was great because there's a plot there there are things that happen there are decisions that are made they're mm-hmm. logical there's mm-hmm. forward progress our mm-hmm. character learns stuff yeah this movie had no plot <laughs> it really <laughs> it doesn't first plotless movie i've ever seen
2: it's it's truly impressive in that regard you know it brings to mind uh the new wave you know i was getting shades of antonioni in there you know it's it's really something Um, it is i feel like we need to just kind of go through the kind of step by step of what happens because it really is remarkable how little happens in this movie
0: yes um so i guess starting the movie off um the uh the white cat the one we're supposed to empathize with i'm mm-hmm. just...
2: sorry i um let me just okay so that is francesca hayward is victoria <laughs> yes she is that wasn't that wasn't terribly funny but trust me this bit's gonna get better as we go along
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're doing and i'm really pumped i'm so yeah. happy you're doing it um so she gets yeeted by an old lady into, um, like, a garbage alley. Um, it didn't look e- like anybody lived there.
2: Yeah. So this uh, faceless woman drives a uh, Model T-looking car through <laughs> ye old London town into this That It alley. has neon lights. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that that did bother me, actually, but I did look <laughs> it up, and neon lights became a thing in the 20s. Are you serious? I, yeah. Yeah, neon lights became a... solely
0: as an '80s thing.
2: No, no, it 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 was invented and started being used in you know public spaces in like the '20s and '30s. That actually is plausible. There's lots of problems with the world building and cats, but that's not one <laughs> of them, I don't think. So,
0: she gets yeeted into this alley, and there's. Um, I think this is a good transition into the most predominant thing in the movie. Um, there's a lot of sexual tension.
2: Yes, yes, um, this is... She,
0: she emerges from the bag, she's undressed, in a way, and every cat wants a piece of it. Yes, uh, including,
2: <laughs> including in this gang of cats that uh, frees her from the bag and uh, begins to inspect her, we've got Robbie Fairchild is Monkus strap Monkus strap <laughs> And Lori Davidson is Mr. Mistopheles. Sorry, continue.
0: I'm so sorry. It's called Monkus Strap.
2: Monkus Strap. I've been thinking about starting to wear those shoes. I think they look nice.
0: (laughs) Coach won't let me out on the football field without my Monkus Strap on. So, um, I don't know. They kind of dance at each other a lot through this Mm -hmm. part. Um, I was in a daze. I, I was confused, I felt hurt. So it's one of the funniest things because um, they did very little practical set design on this. There's a couple like boards that are comically oversized because, you know, cats are small. Yeah. But almost the entire alley is CGI. Correct. And they didn't bother matching that up with the camera at all. Um, (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) So during this, everybody's aggressively dancing at her. And um, we'll go into all the cats that dance at her. But um, they're slipping and sliding all over the cobblestone streets <laughs> one person does a forward jump during this um off of a board and goes backwards mm-hmm. it was really funny they had a running start <laughs> they jump and they go backwards and i think that all of the characters um they were they all had a a visual gag to them there was um do you want to go through a couple of those names um
2: well i mean we'll we'll get introduced to the more colorful characters as we go along gotcha um so... you know those i didn't i didn't get like i didn't write down the names of the full uh, cadre that meets her <laughs> initially you know they're not aside from uh our good friend mr Mistopheles who's Mister... a who's a wizard
0: yes uh, we don't
2: really we don't really get much flavor to these initial cats
0: yeah and he's much more than a
2: trickster he's a bit of like a, a dark lord he he's some kind of lord, man. It's <laughs> these cats have something going on, some of them, and I'm I'm very I'm very confused, and I have visions of the magical cats, you know, being accepted to Hogwarts <laughs> and uh, putting on the Sorting Hat, being sorted into the various houses. I feel like Mister Mistopheles is, you know pretty obviously a hufflepuff
0: yes um so i guess the only one that i can really bring up is the nameless jive cats the two that were wearing the very expensive sneakers oh my god gold chains
2: (laughs) oh my god okay so that uh that that gets into one of the main things i wanted to talk about um there are some of the cats are just, you know, normal cats. They don't have any kind of clothing on aside from collars, maybe. But some of the cats are clothed. And some... There are a few clothing decisions made with the cats that are very upsetting to me. And I was gonna... Because they get progressively more upsetting as they go along. Um, I was gonna shout them out as we went. But uh, you kind of... You jumped the boat there. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk about these guys now. The, the cats you're referring to, I looked this up. Um, they're kind of like tannish, uh, tan, grayish cats. Uh, they wear nothing except for cream colored high top sneakers. And they are played by a pair of twins named Laurent and Larry Bourgeois. They are hip hop dancers by trade And they play the two hip-hop dancing cats who are named Plato and Socrates. Plato and
0: Socrates.
2: They are Plato and Socrates. They wear nothing except for high-top sneakers. (laughs) And it is so much lewder than anything else in this extremely lewd and weirdly horny movie. It is, (laughs) for some reason, specifically very upsetting to see these cats... Wearing nothing but the sneakers. I'm not sure why, but it is. I think it implies that, like they came
0: nude and they're ready to I'm go. On
1: a to far distant. We, with the, and we Were you friend? The Pipe Piper's assistant. Have you
0: been an alumnus of
2: heaven or hell? So Are this
0: next part, I was I, I, the beginning of the movie is boring, I think. Um, it's upsetting because, it's a cgi nightmare there's like very little to redeem in um the, the, the beginning of the movie but um i just kind of wanted to jump over it because you know like we, we get introduced to a few of those cats but yeah um we are immediately um after like the first two major musical numbers introduced to the second fattest cat
2: yes so um after this initial you know scene setting um, the next like hour and fifteen minutes of the movie consists of being introduced to various cats. Each cat has a bit, and you get a five-minute musical number introducing each cat and its bit. So the first of these cats that we're introduced to is <clears throat> Rebel Wilson. Is Jenny Annie Dots? One word, Jenny Annie Dots. Jenny Rebel Annie Wilson. Dots. Rebel Wilson is Ginny Dots.
0: Wait, you're talking about the well-established comedian who doesn't need to do this with her career,
2: Rebel Wilson? That's, that's correct. Rebel Wilson is Ginny Dots. One so, word. Ginny <laughs> Dots. We
0: follow these cats, you know, a myriad of them, to a window, and they peek in at Ginny Dots, and, uh, you know, she has a bit of a goof, a little bit of a gaff has a little tumble off of a chair then um the camera slowly pushes in to her in a straddle spreading her legs scratching her (laughs) vagina at the camera and is this a quick uh like one second gag
2: no it's not at all it goes on it goes on for like 30 seconds
0: yeah so so you're telling me the gag is that she scratched her vagina at the camera for 30 whole seconds.
2: (laughs) That's correct. She (laughs) scratches her vagina on her back with her legs splayed wide open, and she notices the other cats, and it looks like she's going to stop now, that she's embarrassed. But after a split second, she just goes right back to town (laughs) on her crotch area.
0: And um, would you describe the, the sound of the scratching as overpowering, every other sound around it
2: it's it's that's one hell of a foley they got for that uh (laughs) scratching sound effect i have to tell you uh we learned that uh rebel wilson you know she's a house cat she this we're in this kitchen right and this is her kitchen she keeps this place in line and before the cockroaches we are first introduced to under the sink Uh, we peel back a curtain and we see a little family of mice that do a little, the mice first do a little dancing number for the cats. And as upsetting as the cats are, the mice are almost worse because they are much smaller even than the cat's. And they're also rotund.
0: I completely forgot about that because of the shock of what comes
2: next. Yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to forget.
0: Yeah, they didn't bother using real faces on the mice. Um, they had like the, the, like the Shrek animation engine <laughs> just kind of like sculpted what a human may look like. <laughs> then from there, she continues her musical number, knocking stuff off of countertops, dancing on a table, then she opens up her suitcase and Andrew what's in <laughs> that suitcase
2: in the suitcase are dozens of cockroaches with mm-hmm. human faces just just normal ass normal human faces that you would you see every day walking down the street grafted <laughs> onto these horrifying cockroach bodies dozens of them
0: would you describe the faces as being different from each other or did they use the same poor woman
2: and grabbed her face <laughs> onto every cockroach? that's that's a good point that's a good point there was a lot of copying and pasting going on in this sec- to them
0: they didn't bother to shade them they look like they came straight out of a source engine mm-hmm. they had no color to them they were these completely pale tap dancing cockroaches that she would punish them for stepping out of line by voring them. She would take one and just vor it, and no one else was allowed to touch them. She demanded Mm -hmm. that they watch.
2: Yeah, she she eats no fewer than half a dozen uh, sentient cockroaches over the course of a, like, two-minute musical number. It is... It's pure fetish. Yeah, it's some, it's some sick
0: shit.
2: We are introduced to Jason Derulo, who is Rum Tum Tugger. So you're
0: telling me an accomplished musician who doesn't need to be doing this start as Rum Tum Tugger?
2: That is correct. Jason Derulo Derulo is Rum Tum Tugger in the 2019 Cats movie directed by Tom Hooper.
0: So, now is a good time to, since we brought up Jason Derulo that is in the Cats movie that came out in 2019, my second favorite news article that came out um, during this entire release, this disaster was Jason Derulo complaining that they had to edit out his colossal penis yep. out of the movie.
2: Yep, that is something that he complained about, and you know what? I am completely on his side, because um, this is something that, um, I'm a big fan of the uh, TV and uh, culture critic uh, Shanti Collins, and uh, one thing that I picked up from uh, Shanti Collins. Uh, his background is in comics, right? So one thing that he always talks about is the physicality of actors, right? You know, how they not just how they say their lines, the faces they make, but just their physical presence in the movie. It's, it's a big part of what makes a successful performance. And editing out Jason Derulo's giant hog <laughs> is a big mistake. Because Rum Tum Tugger is the horniest cat in a movie filled with incredibly horny cats.
0: He was de facto the horniest cat. Um, I did a little research.
2: He is sex personified in this movie.
0: (laughs) He has a harem of women that just chase him just by existing. Um, I did a little research on Jason Derulo. Uh, because the story every guy has claimed at some point that they've been too endowed to do something. I can't use public bathrooms. I can't wear these shorts. Jason Derulo is not kidding. Um, mm-hmm. He got a timeout on Instagram because <laughs> he um, did a photo shoot wearing tiny shorts and he's not kidding. He has a police <laughs> baton. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it's a weapon (laughs) i may end up cutting all this i'm sorry but (laughs) Rumtum tugger uh physically if we could describe him he is a broad-chested he alpha male Mm -hmm. he um has this thick neck coat of hair Mm -hmm. it's massive he is a lion yep um he how else could you describe him he's you know the chad virgin meme
2: Yep, yep. He is the Chad. Yes, he is. He is very much a Chad. Um he is also the first in a line of cats we're going to be introduced to whose thing is that they're just rude. Like that's their that's their place in the cat's world. And uh his particular version of rudeness is that he's very uh what's the word mercurial i guess like he he gets what he wants and then that's immediately not what he wants anymore oh yeah that's his
0: whole song right
2: yep you let him outside he wants to come back in right away he's scratching back at that door you know you he yells for dinner for 20 minutes and then you open up that can of food and he walks away you didn't open up the right can i'm sorry Okay, I'll I'll just talk about this now. I don't... Tom Hooper is such a shitty director, man. Like, he just... He doesn't know what the fuck to do because, you know, this is cats, right? This is a complete CGI-created, you know, endeavor. You can do whatever you want at any point. You can make these people do anything you set your mind to. And you can do anything you want with how you frame the shots, how you edit things. It's it's all make-believe. It's in the computer. Go nuts. And everything he does is weird, shaky cam bullshit. Lots of cuts. Lots of weird, lingering shots on people who are outside of the action that don't need to be there. It is... It is truly bizarre, and I forget if it's in this sequence or the next one. But there's a couple of points where they cut to Rebel Wilson just kind of standing next to a trash can, and they'll yes. just she's like mugging, and they just hold it on her for like four or five seconds, and it's like, no, why do you need to do that? Jason Derulo is right over there. He's dancing. He can dance. He's sexing just, it up. Yeah, just show him, show him dancing, dude. Show him, nom- show him nibbling on those toes. Come on. <laughs> Witch. Come on, that's what we're here for.
0: Which, thank you so much. I would, I would have raged had I forgotten this. Mm-hmm. This movie's overtly horny. We yep. know that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's vor. There's sack play. Uh, there's <laughs> there's um, uh, force feeding. This is the most horny part of the movie is Victoria... The, the white cat, our protagonist, the one that we're mm-hmm. supposed to empathize with, mm-hmm. tries to jam her toe in his mouth. She raises it up and she presents it. And it's a human foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tom, yeah. Tom Hooper knew what he was doing. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. it was this part of the movie. There was a lady who was behind me. I, I went to one of those nice theaters, you know, the ones you pay an extra $2 to get a reserve seat. Mm-hmm. There's a lady next to me who started crying during this, the two parts from now. Um, but the lady behind me, as she was about to stick her toe in Jason Derulo's mouth, <laughs> I audibly went, No!
2: And she went, Shh! <laughs> she was right to do that, dude. Come on.
0: It's <laughs> I'm not tra- that kind of screaming. I was
2: like no I was resigned I was in for the ride we would we would be remiss if we didn't point out that this part ends in a milk bar and there's lots of cats lapping up milk oh yes and um, you would perhaps not be surprised to learn that there's some uh, double entendre going on with the uh, cats (laughs) lapping up milk that's that's all I wanted to say about that. Please, oh yes, sorry. please continue.
0: There's me a flat, then I'd rather have a house. If you set me on a mouse, then I only want a rat. If you set me on a rat, then i rather trace a mouse. And there isn't any
1: need for me to shout. After this,
0: they hear a little bump in the night, everyone runs away. Then we're introduced to our next cats the fattest cat of all
2: ladies and gentlemen james corden is bustifer jones <laughs> james wait james corden, corden? the james
0: multi-millionaire corden. with his own late night talk show tremendously successful that doesn't need to be doing this movie
2: Yep. He has a late night talk show at that had a bit that was so successful it spawned a completely entire other show and he is Bustafer Jones. And you know what? I'm I'm just gonna say it Bustafer Jones deserves better. I do not like <laughs> this man.
0: <laughs> we love a fat cat. Bustafer Jones is the working class hero of cats in my humble opinion um he's nice nice. he invited everyone into his home he offered them food the man didn't do any brand name food he went through the trash he offered it to everyone very little to his personality the man loved eating the man knew he was fat and he was proud of it but he also was deeply ashamed of it because during the musical number where they're passing out trash. thats uh, It's almost like a Beauty and the Beast type of segment. They're mm-hmm. spinning around with their plates. Um, he gets on a... Uh, like a seesaw. Yep. And there's a two and a half minute joke about how fat he is. And how sensitive he is. And how it he's is... about to cry. Because everyone we... reminded him how fat he was after he sang about it for five straight minutes.
2: Yeah, this was, te- this was terrible. This was... The This was the second most irritating James Corden bit with me, for me, in the movie. Because they, they really do just, just stop the movie for like two whole minutes. For James Corden to completely break all sense of momentum, break up the musical number. And it's like a solid minute of him just, just doing his stand up routine shtick, you know, just being very snippy, like, all right, well, we knew that wasn't gonna work, doesn't it? You know? I'm I'm sensitive about my weight. You don't have to you don't have to remind me about that. You know, just it's It goes bad. on it goes on for so long. It's it's unbearable. It and it's the kind of thing that is only there because that's that's what James Corden is. He's a stand-up comedian, right? He's a late-night host. Like that's his normal, that's his normal shtick. You know, yes. he's not. They're bending the the cat's universe to to accommodate him, and I didn't appreciate it.
0: This this is the point of the movie where uh, we start seeing some consequences. There's been no consequences up to this. Um, he is tempted by a cat that we're about to reveal. But he's offered the biggest garbage pile that you could ever imagine. Couldn't get his filthy little piggy hands on. He jumps into it and is tricked by none other than McCavity.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Idris Elba is McCavity. Idris Elba. The man who has been flirted
0: to be the new James Bond. Yep, Stranger
2: Bell himself. Christ. He is oh. McCavity.
0: So... My favorite news article that came from this entire uh, movie premiere is Idris Elba recounting exactly what they had to go through because I think the actors all knew right away that this was a shit show. They had to have been way over budget. I imagine buying musical rights to this was millions. Um, Idris Elba said that he made it seem like he wasn't a believer in Cats. Um, So Tom Hooper quickly losing control of the room forced all of them to get into their cat outfits and behave like them rub up on each other meow at each other hiss at each other for 7 to 10 minutes before every shoot <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's so good it's that's a so nightmare. good That's, it's, you know what, it's so good because let's, uh, we'll, uh, I'll tease something I want to talk about later right now. So let's talk about the cat method acting, right? (laughs) About half of the cast, I'd say, is like, you know, is like dancers by trade, right? These are people who cut their, these are people who, you know, made their bones on Broadway and whatever. And, you know, they can actually dance. And them, their approach to uh, cat-like behavior is to kind of do the ballerina movements. You creep up to each other. They'll extend out very gently and carefully and then pull away. It's meant to mimic what a cat does when it's nuzzling you. And, you know, that that works, I guess, right? I, I see what's going on there. But uh, then half the cast, with one exception, who we will get to at some point god
0: i can't wait
2: all of them except for one person the like you know the like hollywood actors their approach to it is to just completely forget what the fuck they're supposed to be doing here so they'll just you know walk around say their lines do whatever and then just like every 30 seconds or so they'll remember like oh yeah i'm a cat aren't i and they'll move (laughs) one hand up above one side of their head like they're batting their ear and that's their <laughs> approach to the cat method acting. Which, like I said, one important exception who we will get to God, in due time.
0: I can't wait. So after this, uh, we meet McCavity who has uh, catnip poofed James Corden and Rebel
2: Wilson yep. to a bar. Jenny Annie Dots and Buster Jones.
0: my favorite gimmick in all of cats it was the the ugly cat who used to be hot
2: yep all right Uh-oh. so let's yeah that you're right so let's uh <laughs> let's 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 talk about this so after uh james corden's bit we are introduced to jennifer hudson is grisabella grisabella that was jennifer hudson jennifer hudson is that grisabella was jennifer
0: hudson oh my god Oh my god,
2: I didn't know that was Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> really?
0: Really? Who did you think?
2: It was. I had no clue. I just think knew Jennifer she was Jennifer Hudson. Talented? Was? That was like the whole thing, dude. The whole thing of the movie was that, you know, it, well, whatever. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Jennifer
0: Hudson puts on an immaculate performance, the only oh. good song from
2: Cats. Mm-hmm. It was a staple of my middle school choir. Was <laughs> yep. it really? Yes, it was we performed memory several times at recitals in my more tender years. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah, it's a wonderful song. Um no
0: business being in this musical. Um the only thing I want to point out is Jennifer Hudson had boogers falling out her nose the entire yep. time.
2: Yeah. So let's uh let's let's talk about that. So Jennifer Hudson is Grizabella and Grizabella's whole thing is that she there was a time when she was the talk of the town. She was the cat's pajamas. You know, she was <laughs> she was the glamour cat. But, uh, you know, her best days are behind her. And now she's an old, busted-up cat now. And you know this because she has a small notch in one ear, which I didn't even notice until, like, her fourth scene. She has yes. a small little notch in one ear. And if you squint, you can tell that her fur is about, like five percent more matted than the other cats but it's important to note that like she just looks like all the other fucking cats she she does like, there is nothing to differentiate her she's 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 just a normal looking cat that, that's the
0: main point was that she used to be hot <laughs> it's just like the funniest bit of conflict she goes through her whole number it's nice um they All mosey their way down to the big auditorium to see who can become this year's Jellicle Cat.
2: So at, at this point, all the Jellicle cats are making their way to the Egyptian theater where they're going to have the Jellicle ball, and they're going to choose one cat who is the Jellicle choice to get a new life. And all the cats start making their way over there, except our uh, heroine, Victoria, is led astray by
0: two little naughty kitties
2: two little naughty kitties who i will introduce presently ladies and gentlemen danny collins is mungo jerry and naomi morgan is rumple teaser yes these are a pair of calico cats and they are also rude cats Oh, they're except, they're
0: nasty little cats.
2: Yes, except where uh, Jason Derulo's Rumtum Tugger, his whole thing was that he was fickle. Um, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser are petty criminals.
0: This gets into uh, my grand theory that this was a fetish movie because they go into a like an incredibly wealthy person's house, mm-hmm. like multiple crystal chandeliers hanging in yep. their house, and uh, they panty raid her. They hold up her big bloomers, and they're loving it. They (laughs) wrap her fine earrings and watches around her, and they're loving it. Um, They utterly destroy this (laughs) rich woman's
2: house. They put, they drape Victoria in the panties like a robe. You know, she's got... (laughs) She's got a watch around her neck like a collar. She's got bracelets all slung around her. She's got rings like bracelets around each arm. You know, they are going to town here.
0: It, it's actually a good key plot point because something happens. She has a pearl necklace draped across her. Another. Yeah. Yeah. An, an, another data point in my. In, Go on. In a, Oh, Harry's old theory, um, Mm -hmm. gets caught on the bed, and um, the vase shatters. They accidentally knock a vase, and this thing is rocking for minutes. Uh, They keep cutting back to the vase rocking just a bit more, (laughs) ignoring just all physics, and it shatters, and a dog is alerted. And they both run, and they don't care about Victoria. This is her coming-of-age moment, because the people she thought that she could trust... She couldn't trust at all. Except, we're introduced to our hero. The real hero of the movie. Magical Mr. Mistopheles.
2: That's right. Magical Mr. Mistopheles. You know, he's been hanging around in the background up to this point. He's been in the, you know, big group shots of all the cats prancing about. But, uh, Mr. Mistopheles, he comes to Victoria's rescue in this important moment. Um, they... Are able to free her. She's been uh, wrapped up in all her ill gotten goods. He frees her from that, and they manage to slam the door to the bedroom shut just before the dog barges in. Just in the time. Nick time.
0: He saves her. They have a beautifully passionate moment where they're about to kiss, I guess? Just going to grind up on those whiskers. And um, they make their way back to that Egyptian hall. Now is when we find out who is going to be the Jellicle Cat. Mm -hmm. So we have a number of routines that are about to perform, but I'm, I'm giving you this one this is the most upsetting part of the movie i hated this i was viscerally angry i was making so much noise in my seat that the lady next to me ended up getting up and sitting in the wheelchair seat that was in front of us i was and it, it wasn't like it wasn't like i was making a scene i wasn't going like god can you believe
2: this i was bothered okay. um, so, ladies and gentlemen, um the jellic ball starts and um we are introduced to our next key performer. Uh ladies and gentlemen, Sir Ian McKellen is Asparagus the Theater Cat, better known as Gus. <laughs> and this is How what are I was teasing. We introduced teasing. to him. This is what this is what um I was teasing before. Uh so Sir Ian, the consummate professional that he is, is the only one of the Hollywood actors in the movie who takes the directive of being a cat seriously. He is committed to the bit, just ironclad. We meet him outside the hall, and he is kind of skulking off to the side. He's brushing up against the wall of the theater peering around the corners and then we get inside the theater and um, he's getting ready for his big moment and he's backstage and he's, there's a little pail of water sitting on a uh, dresser there and Sir Ian McKellen is going to town on this little bowl of water. He is lapping <laughs> it up. He's, like, grunting, too. He's, like... <clears> throat> yes, throat> it's... Yes, that's the that's the best part. Anyone anyone who has seen the Lord of the Rings movies knows exactly this noise he's making. It's the same kind of murmur under his voice that he always does as Gandalf, the murmur, murmur while he's, you know, smoking his pipe and, like, people are trying to get information out of him, but he's staying numb. And I am only about... 60% joking when I say that I think Sir Ian McKellen deserves an Oscar nom for this.
0: I he, wouldn't be upset. He
2: goes for it, man. God. I, he, like, he, I don't I don't want him to win. I want to be clear. You know, I, I think that honor has to go to, uh, personally for myself, I'm rooting for Sterling K. Brown in Waves, and I'm going to be very upset when he doesn't get it. Hell yeah. But, um... But, man, Sir Ian McKellen, he he gives it his all. He leaves it all on the mat. He gives 110%. He is a cat.
0: He is. Um, this is his performance, which is under no other definition. Soulful, meaningful, professional. It evoked an emotional reaction out of me. I was upset because I was enjoying it. Yeah. Um he he reflects on the good days. It almost felt like a tribute to himself. He's sitting there talking about how you know there were glory days. I was younger. I was stronger. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, I am what I am.
2: And it's it's interesting too because earlier this year he was in that movie The Good Liar, right? Yes, by Harreln Mirren, where he plays this you know con artist type. And that mo- that is a movie that very much plays off of. Um, you know him playing against type like oh here's here's Gandalf the white and he's trying to trick this poor woman out of her inheritance you know and he's making all the Gandalf murmurs and stuff while Mm -hmm. he's you know uh fucking murdering dudes but (laughs) this movie plays off of that just as much it it relies exactly as much on that disconnect in your head from wait a second I've I've seen this before. I know who this is. Oh yeah. He's done it's... that
0: song and dance. And yeah. he makes his way through. It's soulful, but it needs a little something.
2: And I I'll I'll just say also real quick that it's in sharp contrast to a uh, Judy Dench,
0: who's yes! the other
2: kind of veteran, you know, British actor in the movie who Dame Judy Dench, dame judy dench who Jesus. is by the way old deuteronomy yes uh, she she just totally phones it in and oh god yeah she, bless she, doesn't her she doesn't give a <laughs> shit she doesn't give a shit god bless her for it she, she took she... the role because it was mm-hmm.
0: pitched to her as like you get to lay down on a couch for most of this movie <laughs>
2: <laughs> you lay down on a couch you walk around a little bit you stare straight into the camera And all we ask is that every once in a while, you remember to um, wave your hand above your head like you're batting Ganeer. That's all you got to do, and this paycheck is yours.
0: Oh, and she, God, she secured that bag. Magical Mr. Mistopheles does a little maneuver, conjures lightning out of nowhere, and it finishes off Sir Ian McKellen's performance.
1: I have played in my time every possible part. and i used to know by art.
0: which at this point of the movie i was like all right let's wrap this up it's been the same song and dance over and over again until
2: <laughs> yeah this is no less than what the fifth sixth cat that we've been introduced to and yes we're you know, still
0: introducing it, characters forty five yes. minutes into the movie.
2: Yeah, it it very much bears repeating that nothing is happening. We are just introducing these various cats. And most of them and most of them have like one of three shticks that they do. And it's just learning which cats do which shticks the next person oh shit i don't have it written down on my notes i so i don't know who the this actor is i apologize but next we are introduced to skimble shanks the train cat
0: yes i thought that came afterwards my bad no
2: no skimble shanks comes first so skimble shanks is wearing red overalls and nothing else yes he's got and he's he's got a
0: powerful powerful
2: mustache He's got a powerful mustache, he's wearing red overalls with nothing underneath, he's looking like a Disney character. He's got a train conductor's hat on. And he's the train cat. He he keeps the train running tip top. <laughs> he keeps the trains running. Gamble <laughs> Shanks got <laughs> the trains running on time. <laughs> you gotta give him that. <laughs>
0: You know, you can hate the cats all you want, yep. but Skimble Shanks kept the trains running.
2: You can't argue with results. So, oh
0: uh, this next scene is so funny because, uh, so he is an incredibly talented tap dancer. Yes. He's great. Yes. Um, I have never seen someone fuck up audio engineering this bad yep. because he starts tap dancing on a board. It sounds uh-huh. like he's dancing on wood because they literally mic'd it because he's tap dancing on a box. Yep. It's amazing. It sounds great. But then they get out of this um, this auditorium and are just on a train track and they're tap dancing on a rail. Um, it's fading in and out between wood and rail. Uh, and it just kind of sounds like a Foley artist drumming just kind of on whatever they could find in front of them. <laughs> and um, there's a specific part of the movie where he does a little gag. He does this like... He's tap dancing on top of it and he goes beside it. And he tap dances on the wood a bit and he does this little tink, tink, tink with his toes on the rail to go back down on the wood and they got him backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even
2: notice that. Oh shit. What I, what I did notice throughout this entire scene though is um, getting back to something I'd mentioned before. Tom Hooper is a terrible fucking director. He just doesn't know how to get out of his own way. Like, he's got these very talented dancers here, and, you know, like, how long ago was Gene Kelly active? You know, we know how to film this stuff. Just get the camera back, get everything in the frame, and just let them go to town. Let them do what they do best. There's art to it, you know, I don't want to downplay it, but, like, we know how to, people know how to do this. Except Tom Hooper. Sean Hooper doesn't have the first fucking clue (laughs) how to film somebody dancing. Twice a second. Twice a second. You'll get just these random cuts, these random close-ups of... I'm closer. It's a
0: wide shot again.
2: We're establishing that they're
0: on the railroad tracks. Yes.
2: Here's my feet. Here's my face. Here's my feet again. Just (laughs) back and forth. It is is infuriating.
0: And it's especially
2: infuriating because there's exactly one scene in the movie where they get this right. Um, when they, like, introduce the jellical ball, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there's that moment where the cats are, like, in a dance circle, and, you know, and each cat goes in and does their own thing.
1: Yes. And they get,
2: they get that right. Like, there's this really nice, long ballet sequence in there that looks really oh, good. It's
0: beautiful. I I was just captivated by her, but I couldn't get past, ah, oh, the fetish stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry uh, the, my, my grand theory is that Tom Hooper is he's a cat play guy he made the, this this was for him this is da- daddy wanted it daddy got it by and large, it was me who was in charge of the sleeping car express from the driver and the guards to the bagman playing cards I'd supervise them all or less Skimbleshanks oh. takes us back into into the auditorium And now, now's the time. Now, uh, I mean this when I say it. I'm not a gambling man. But if you told me this next person playing a cat, sitting on an animatronic moon, shooting fireworks of catnip out of the back of it, causing a no-touch orgy, would happen in a motion picture during this year, I would have bet every dollar I've ever made. Andrew...
2: Who who was this cat? Ladies and gentlemen, let me please introduce you to the the top billed actor in this movie. Taylor Swift is Bambalerina. Bumbleerina. Bambalerina. Bumbleerina. Taylor, <sighs> Taylor Swift is Bombalarina <laughs> The old Bambalerina can't come to the phone anymore. Why? <laughs> Because she's dead. Because she's dead. <laughs>
0: Bumble Arena rides in on a prop from the movie Hugo and is rocketing catnip onto the crowd. Every single cat gets dusted with bioilluminescent catnip. It's hitting them in the face. It's getting in their eyes. It's in their nose. And they are completely crippled by it. Um, mm-hmm. Aided are two naughty little cats mongo jerry and rumple teaser um heel turn heel
2: turn you hate to see it
0: yeah they 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 were in for a bit of fun a little goof and a gaff but they ended up aiding a mass drugging it was a lot to handle um they're being drugged i think the most upsetting part is i mean this is obviously they're opening up the gates for macavity but Instead of just kind of being crippled, like most people are in PG and PG-13 movies, where you kind of hold your stomach, you're groaning, you're rolling. These cats are grinding and moaning. They are, nobody's touching. But they are all in a very tight group on the ground.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
0: gyrating.
2: They are going hog wild, man. They they fucking love that catnip. <laughs> And it's interesting too, because every every the way they uh, show it is every individual cat gets a single little flake of catnip that lands somewhere on their face, and it's this just pulsating orange dot on their face, and it's like a it's like a face hugger and aliens or something <laughs> like that that lands on them, and then they're fucked. They they just go to town. They're <laughs> right up in each other's grills they're doing all of the nuzzling
0: (laughs) they are everybody's bumping and grinding taylor swift has opened up the door for Mm Mccavity. a extremely well-designed staircase to heaven uh opens up and our boy with his magical catnip magic
2: poofs on the scene and this is the single most upsetting clothing decision in the movie. Because up to this point, Idris Elba has been one of the cats who has been wearing clothes. You know, they've had a big coat they've been wearing the whole time. They've got, they had a scarf around their fa- head. They had, a, they had a little fedora on. And uh, when McCavity shows up, though, at the Jellicle Ball, in the hopes of getting himself named the Jellical Choice and getting himself a new life, he is in his birthday suit. He the coat is. is gone. He is just standing there the way God made him. And it is so jarring. Yeah, because they don't it's... show him disrobe. Mm-hmm. He just shows up. It's obscene. Like, it shouldn't be obscene, right? Like, most of the cats are mostly nude most of the time. Mm-hmm. But Idris Elba, he's he's been wearing clothes this whole time. And now he's shed the clothes, and you see him there in his, you know, sleek, dark fur. You know, just very all lines to him. And it is... <laughs> It's it is something else, man. It's, it's powerful. It's, yep.
0: He coaxes Dame Judy Dench onto stage and he's demanding Make me your jellicle Cat. I'm the only one who can still perform. Look at them. They're incapacitated. But Dame Judy Dench puts her foot down. In a bit of character development, she says, No.
2: You, you, will, won't never be. Be jo- you <laughs> will never be the You will never be the, the choice. <laughs> literally the first thing that has happened in the movie it's the, the first thing of consequence so McCavity's on the scene right he's spirited away all the other contestants in the jellicle balls name McCavity's the only one left <laughs> by default he must be the jellicle choice but, he has to be but old deuteronomy she says no you will never be the jellicle choice so McCavity spirits her away too and he's going to make Dame Judy Gench walk the plank.
0: Oh, yeah. And he has a, what was that real cat's name? Do you have it on you?
2: You mean the 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 mean cat?
0: Yeah, the grizzled so meanest the, cat. So,
2: this is this is maybe my favorite one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the keeper of this barge on the River Thames, Ray Winstone, is Growl Tiger. What? ray winstone ray winstone (laughs) ray winstone i knew i recognized him and then i looked it up and holy shit it's ray winstone ray winstone this motherfucker is in is in scorsese movies he's in the departed he's in the departed He's mr french he's mr french in the departed so during this
0: um you know things things aren't looking good for uh for Dame Judy Dench, they're they're making her walk the plank. Yep. Then um, Magical Mr. Mistopheles back at the Egyptian, mm-hmm. he's he's feeling it. He uh, everybody's mourning the loss of Dame Judy Dench. And everybody's thinking about giving up. McCavity won. He became the Jellico Cat. But our protagonist believes that he is the dark wizard that we've all grown to know. So He's he does a song and dance.
2: One. He <laughs> sings his heart out. Mm-hmm. And he, I, uh, I, have to, I do have to say, kind of a bop. Magical it Mr. was kind of a bop. It's been stuck in my head for 24 hours now. They're, I honestly,
0: cool. same here. I, I think I'm going to cut it in here while we're talking about it. <laughs> Hell yes. The magical
2: Mr. Hey, <laughs> It is, it's a bop, but it's, it's, it doesn't appear to be enough of a bop because, uh, you know, we go through the whole song and dance and one time he, uh, he points his wand and old Deuteronomy, she doesn't appear. That's okay. We believe in, we believe in him. So we go through the, another verse and another chorus and he's got his courage up again and again points the wand no deuteronomy but then it looks like all hope's lost and then victoria she still believes in him so she starts up that chorus one more time
0: it's been going on for like seven minutes
2: yeah and i'm not (laughs) mad about it you know maybe maybe she doesn't believe in Mr. Mistopheles. maybe she just thinks it's a jam I agree with her I'd probably be singing it myself in that situation she just it's had an earworm yep it's some sorry guys shit.
0: I gotta get this out
2: and you know everybody <laughs> is into it their hearts are into it they you know believe that this is gonna happen you know we're gonna bring back old deuteronomy we're gonna do the fucking thing points it one more time nothing
0: Heartbreak this Heartbreak. is in screenwriting what they call the dark night of the soul There's fifteen beats that you hit, but there's four important ones. there's a break into two, there's the midpoint, there's the dark night of the soul, and there's a break into three. We are at our low point, but how
2: long does that low point last? About five seconds <laughs> and then and then behind everyone, you know, everyone is distraught, and then you hear the lilting tones of Dame <laughs> Judy Dench. Oh,
1: no, never, never was there
2: a cat so, 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 so
0: clever as magical, 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 Mr. Mr. Mistoffelies. Mistoffelies.
2: <laughs> she's back! Jesus Christ! She's back! You can't she's kill the a... dame! No, she's now... And is still a shitty wizard. We should point this out. Because he's been trying to apparate her back into this couch that she was sitting in the whole time. <laughs> he's, that's what, he's, been, he's been going to town with his wand on this one specific point. And she ends up like 20 feet behind everyone for some reason. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's just dangerous. That's just not good practice. You know, yeah. what if she had been appeared. conjured into a wall. Exactly, you know. But it's it's cool now. It's cool yeah. now.
0: So, she's back um in 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 a, in a bit of comedy, in a bit of uh letting our stand-up comedy actors have a little bit of fun. They beat the the meanest cat this side of the Thames by um unzipping fur suit
2: yes thank you um, this was this is something that we saw earlier in the movie so yes which we um, forgot to bring up yes I yes I'm very um, I was very upset that I forgot about this but um, it comes <laughs> up again so Ginny uh, any dots played by Rebel Wilson uh, she is presented to us initially as being one of the nude cats right she's just going around in her normal ass, normal fur except halfway through her initial musical number. She unzips her fur like a jumpsuit and underneath she's got the exact same fur except also she's wearing a sparkly pink bustier mm-hmm. and's got like she's got like gems on her underneath fur as well and that was like nothing in this movie broke my brain as much as the moment in Joker where rock and roll part two comes in
1: yes <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yes, I like do. that
2: that move when that started up in that movie you know i felt my grip on reality start to loosen a little and nothing <laughs> in this movie this. quite, nothing in this movie quite reached that level but rebel wilson unzipping her fur to reveal the exact same fur underneath came close
0: it's unbelievable and? because I'm almost certain she's wearing Tanya Harding's famous, um, like ice skating outfit. Oh,
2: oh shit! Is that what that is? I think that's what it was. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the fucking rules. Okay, now that I know that, now we're starting to now we're starting to get into Gary Glitter territory. Yes, that rules. <laughs> I didn't think of that. She. She's
0: freed by this enormous weight taken off of her.
2: Yeah. Uses... So we're back at the we're back at the climax now. So uh, Rebel yes. Wilson, she unzips the jumpsuit again, that <laughs> allows her to get free of her bonds. She releases, uh, what the fuck are their names? She releases Buster Jones. She releases <laughs> Asparagus, the theater cat. She releases Skimble Shanks, and now it's four on one against Growl Tiger, the terror of the Thames. <laughs> Um, and they make that motherfucker walk the plank.
0: They do. Do you remember her great one-liner that she said as she whipped him with a chain? Remind me. I haven't you learned not to mess with a crazy cat lady? Oh, Is what fuck. she says as she whips him with a chain. Oh my god. <laughs> Awful.
2: Terrible. Jesus. Get it out of here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we go back. We're back at the Egyptian. We see a little peek through a cracked doorway. Because we don't have our Jellicle cat. No. It's looking like it may be magical Mr. Mistopheles. But we peeked peeked through the door. We see Jennifer Hudson. And Victoria coaxes her in. She lures her Mm -hmm. in. Everybody's hissing at her. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of making those guttural cat noises that they forced actors to make at her. (laughs) And she gives a performance of her lifetime. Yep. She sings Wait. actually probably the best rendition of memory that exists. Yeah. Um,
2: and so there's <sighs> there's two things here. Uh, one, um, I don't want to give them too much credit for this. Because, you know, memory is the good song in this musical, right? And it's a, it's a genuinely affecting ballad. And you give it uh a very talented singer and Jennifer Hudson, you know, that's, that's nothing. That's playing on easy mode. That's Absolutely. like what that's like when Mr. Burns brings in all the ringers for the wreck baseball team. You know? <laughs> I don't care that you've got Daryl Strawberry on the team, dude. It's not that impressive <laughs> to me. But uh, the other thing to note is that this is like the climax of the like Jellicle choice plot line, such as it is. Mm-hmm. and they have not done a fucking thing to set this up <laughs> like like we've spent most of the movie being introduced to various cats we've spent less time being introduced to grizabella than we have to some of the other cats literally the mcguffin mm-hmm. the MacGuffin of the movie
0: we've seen what three times at this point and it's like an hour and a half into this movie
2: yep the her one previous like thing at the beginning of the jellicle ball she's pushed out by the other cats oh no go away (laughs) we don't want you here (laughs) she goes out to the street she sings a little bit but then but she doesn't even get to do the whole thing at this point like that's victoria's big moment Mm -hmm. that becomes her big musical number oh yeah so like her her moment up to this point hasn't even gotten to be her moment like she's just kind of there skulking in the backgrounds being hissed at yes up to this point
0: she gives this performance of her lifetime and um it unites everyone everyone realizes that wow she still is hot i guess was the motto of this because the only reason they did like well, the her was because she was ugly
2: yeah, well, I no, not so much that as you know, it's o okay, it's okay that she has a uh, she has a notch in her ear, that her fur is a little teensy bit matted. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter that she's like aesthetically the same as a garbage pit. You know, that's <laughs> that's not what that's not her worth.
0: Absolutely, she gives this performance, and Dame Judi Dench is. She's convinced. She's like, you are the Jellicle Cat. Which, this brings me to the thing that I would love to close this out on. We, up to this point, is not a word. Um, I have a theory. that The Jellicle Cat is the Angelical Cat. Because they lead mm. her up this staircase. Um... She walks up the staircase and she's uh she's dropped into a chandelier which is lifted off in a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. I think that the jellic cat is the angelical cat. I think that this part of the movie signifies uh our uh Grisabella, what was her name? Griswolda. Grisabella. Grizabella. Hudson
2: is Grisabella.
0: Jennifer Hudson is Grizabella. <laughs> I think this was her passing on to the afterlife. Cause the hot air balloon takes off, just to new horizons, and in a, in one last bit of luck, McCavity jumps up, grabs the rope, and for three whole seconds, he has us convinced that he has won.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he falls and shatters his back
2: on a statue. Not, not only that, do you remember what he falls onto? A statue of Napoleon, right? Yes, earlier. So earlier in the movie. <laughs> they, there was a throwaway line about McCavity calling him like the Napoleon of crime or yes. some shit, and so now at the end of the movie, this is the big comeuppance for him. He's grabbed onto the hot air balloon, he slips off, he falls onto this statue of Napoleon, you know, bicorn hat and all, sitting in the middle of London, like you know like i don't i'm not one to care too much about these sorts of things in movies but come on man (laughs) they've got a trafalgar square over there what yes what are they doing with a statue of napoleon bonaparte and also just the whole thing just reeks of legitimist propaganda by the way like there must have been a like i know there's still some bourbons running around in uh europe getting married to franco's daughters and whatever the fuck like there had to have been one of those sick puppies on the staff of this movie to make that happen (laughs) bourbon apologist (laughs) exactly yep
0: on on the way out um you know little nod to the audience um dame judy dench breaks the number one rule of filmmaking which is don't look directly into the fucking camera she looks
2: squarely at us. Well, I mean that's okay okay, so yeah, this is <laughs> this is like the last number in the movie. And it's Judy Dench surrounded by all the other cats, and she's like you know, she's the wise old woman and she's like giving you a lecture like, so what have we learned here today?
0: <laughs> what have we and learned? And she tries she
2: tries to explain it and it makes me more confused than i was before like i i don't know what the fuck i learned from this movie
1: he tries to tell you
2: well now i hope you see that you know cats are people like you and me like,
0: and the most important thing of all they're not a dog cats Never. are not dogs cats are not a dog that's that was the moral of the story. That's an
2: important moral of the story. Cats are not dogs.
0: And I want you to know, the people around me, the theater was... I thought it'd be children. I thought there'd be like eight-year-olds. They were all people too old mm-hmm. to be doing this.
2: Oh my God. No, that that reminds me though. In my screening, I was sitting next, right next to these two um, older women and they were like... <laughs> Like they like gasped at multiple times when McCavity did bad things, like when McCavity made, like when what? McCavity made <laughs> Judy Dench walk the plank. <laughs> He's even gasped, and at the end, when the hot air balloon is flying away and he grabs the rope and starts climbing up it, they were they were so like they were so upset by this. It was something else, man. It is. Man,
0: imagine being them. I mean, every day's an adventure. You know, you leave your house and life is brand new. Uh, cars going new speeds you thought they couldn't before. <gasps> a deer it, in a magazine. <gasps> man, what a note to go out on.
2: Oh my god, that, it's... Andrew, um,
0: sincerely, would you recommend this movie to a friend?
2: You know what? You know what? This, is, this has been my uh, whole thing. I've been kind of keeping under wraps on Twitter up to this point. Fuck it. Sure. You know what? I appreciate this movie. You know, I saw this less than 24 hours after seeing the new Star Wars movie which was the most irredeemable cynical pile of shit, you know, corporate manufactured, you know, the same way that if you buy a Domino's pizza in Florida or a Domino's pizza in Alaska, it'll taste exactly the same because it's gone through the whole quality control, the whole supply chain. You know, there's this bizarre, weird, just, unlikable thing. To go immediately out of that and to come over to Cats, which is the most baffling movie I've ever seen. Not sure what the point of any decision that was made at any point was. No plot just spend the whole time being introduced <laughs> to minor characters past the third act the people are people are named things like munka strap and jenny any dots and there's people named laurent and larry bourgeois hanging around in there and high top sneakers and nothing else you know what yeah, I will recommend it. It is this movie was something else. I genuinely had a good time in the theater, and you know, I'm I'm a huge fucking dork, so I keep a like running list ranking of the movies I've seen in any given year. Nice. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you. Is this, this top at the bottom? It no, well, no. It's, <laughs> it's, let's be clear. It's a bad movie. It's like objectively, in any sense of the word, a bad move. It's it's wow. it's an experience. I am a different person for having seen it.
0: I I think that's an incredible note to go out on. All right, I I don't see any other way to end this other than the somber choir of the magical Mister Mistopheles song.
2: <laughs> We're being carded. On a out. one, a two, a one, two, three.
0: Oh, oh, no, I'm the
2: one that's so clever, but it's magical. magical, magical Mr. Lee. Oh,
0: well, <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. I'm letting so the mind song mind carry us out.
2: Thank you so much. Pleasure. <laughs> take take care of it. <laughs> As many is vague and aloof, and you would think there was nobody shyer. But his voice can be heard on the roof while he was curled up by the fire. And he's sometimes been heard by the fire. While he was about on the-